the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Amen. Amen. During Easter, we, <clears throat> we say, He is risen, and the response is, The Lord is risen indeed. So let's try that. He is risen. The Lord is risen indeed. What do we mean when we say this? What do we mean when we say, the third day he rose again from the dead, and I look for the resurrection of the dead and the life of the world to come? We believe Jesus died a real human death on Good Friday when he, quote, gave up the spirit, or as the King James says, gave up the ghost. This is the essential biblical meaning of death. Death is the separation of the spirit from the body. Resurrection, therefore, is the reversal of that process. The reuniting of the spirit and the body, the restoration to the fullness of life. The Bible in the Old Testament taught that the spirits of the departed, the disembodied spirits, went to a place called Sheol, which was translated in when the Hebrew Bible was translated into Greek was translated as Hades, the place of the departed spirits. The later Jewish tradition came to believe that this place of the departed spirits was for God's chosen people a place of blessedness. The intertestamental apocryphal wisdom of Solomon says, quote, the souls of the righteous are in the hand of God. But this was a problem as well as a source of comfort. God created man in a physical body to live in a physical creation. God's covenant with Israel promised peace and prosperity in a particular land. The blessings of the creation and of the covenant cannot be enjoyed by disembodied spirits living in an ethereal realm. This is why the Jewish hope has always been connected the hope of resurrection. As Ezekiel 37 describes, where the dry bones of Israel, the dead dry bones, are brought to life by the Spirit of God. And this is a prophecy of God's fulfilling of His covenant promise. There is no meaningful way that the promise of the creation and the promise of the covenant can be enjoyed without a body. And this is what Jesus is doing on Easter Day. He rises in fulfillment of God's promises to Israel. He rises as the beginning of God's new creation, the restoring of humanity to the fullness of life in a body. We participate in Easter by baptism and faith. Colossians 
says, quote, you were buried with Christ in baptism, in which you were also raised with him through faith in the power of God. God gives us the gift of new life in baptism, and we receive that gift through faith. Through baptism and faith, we die and rise with Christ. We become part of God's new creation. And we become inheritors of God's covenant promises. Our epistle from Colossians speaks of this experience. Quote, If ye then be risen with Christ, Seek those things which are above, where Christ sits on the right hand of God. Set your affection on things above and not on things on the earth, for you are dead, and your life is hidden with Christ in God. When Christ, who is our life, shall appear, then shall we also appear with him in glory. Our faith is rooted in this experience. St. Paul does not say, if you really believe that Jesus rose from the dead, seek those things which are above. He says, if you were raised with Christ. We are saved by this experience, not by our belief in a doctrine. Our doctrine of Easter explains our experience of Easter. But we are saved by dying and rising with Christ, not by the doctrine or understanding of the doctrine explains it. We experience this dying and rising with Christ progressively. It begins in baptism. We die and rise with Christ. Through the daily life of prayer, we continue to die to self and rise to new life. That life grows in us. We return to the altar of God each week to participate again in the death and resurrection of our Lord. This life will come to its fruition on the last day when Christ is revealed and the dead are raised. It's best to think of the second coming. Sometimes you think of the second coming as Christ you know, traveling from somewhere. Our epistle says when he is revealed, and this is a sense of Christ is not far from anyone. We see him through eyes of faith. At the end of time, Christ will be fully revealed. And the life that is hidden within us and the life that is hidden with Christ in God will be brought to its completion in the resurrection of our own bodies. <clears throat> and this resurrection includes the creation, the renewal of the whole created order. Easter is not just about dying and going to heaven. That's an intermediate state. Those who are departed in Christ are waiting the resurrection with us. 
In the resurrection, Christ appears, raises us from the dead, brings this life in, in us to its completion, renews the creation, restores it to the goodness he intended in the beginning. And we will live in union with God, in communion with each other, in immortal bodies in God's new creation. That is the hope of Easter. <clears throat> to seek those things which are above is to live right now as God's new people in God's new creation. This is a challenge because we live in a world in which most activity is oriented towards achieving results in time. Thus, to live as God's new people, to live as those who are risen with Christ, we must ask questions that the world is not asking. For example, businesses are mostly concerned with the bottom line. How much money are we making? And this must be a concern, because if there's not some revenue, workers can't be paid. But one who is risen with Christ, who lives by the Spirit in the new creation, must ask other equally urgent questions. <clears throat> Am I treating my co-workers, both those who work under me and those who are in authority over me, with honor and respect as those who bear God's image? As Jesus said, he will say, inasmuch as you did it to one of the least of these my brethren, you did it to me. Am I doing quality work that honors God and serves the good of other people? Do I refuse to make compromises just to make a profit or to advance my status? Is there something about the way we work that bears witness to the fact that we are risen with Christ? <clears throat> we can ask questions in the family. Are we as concerned about the faith and virtue of our children as we are about their status and accomplishment? As Jesus said, what does it profit a man if he gain the whole world and lose his soul? We can ask personal questions. Are we, are we receiving the grace of God? Are we killing off the old man? Are we changing our old destructive patterns of thinking and acting? Are we forgiving those who have wronged us? Are we acting as agents of reconciliation in our lives? Are we working and praying and giving to the spread of God's kingdom? Our main problem as Christians is that we are forgetful. We forget our baptism and our new identity in Christ and we fall back into our old story. The story of human striving 
but human futility and failure that is continually stuck in the cycle of sin and death. As a result, we live selfishly, we aim low, we refuse to forgive, we hold grudges, we fight the wrong battles. This is why remembrance is so central to Christian faith. We renew our baptismal vows on Easter Day to remember and to experience again the central truth of our lives. As Corinthians says, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things are new. He is risen. Let us rise with Christ to live in a new way. Let us receive God's grace and the forgiveness of our sins. And let us forgive those who have sinned against us. Let us get rid of all regret for the past. And let us lay aside all fear about the future. And let us live right now as God's new people and God's new creation as we wait for Christ to come and complete his work. In the name of the Father and of the Son. And of the Holy Spirit.